This week in the parish of bourses and market structure. A load of hot air. Emissions have value again in London as Coinbase's results can't stifle an accelerating stock slide. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, Episode 95. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of just a few highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the week's many events and happenings can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent to your inbox six days a week. More details at exchangeinvest.com. Let customers choose where to clear euro derivatives, the banks have told the European Union. It should be for clients to decide where they clear euro derivatives, though customers are ready to move business from London to Frankfurt if forced to by the European Union, bankers said this week. Spineless bankers and all that but a subtle untruth, for in reality, business will go. It will disappear if forced to. It will migrate. But a lot of that is just going to evaporate into the ether as a large number of investors would rethink their relationship with the euro and the EU as a block when it turns more protectionist still. In results this week, it was a busy week for results in the parish. All the deals were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Coinbase, they boosted the year's active users forecast range. They reported quarter numbers, which were entirely in line with what they previewed. And last time we looked, the stock was off not far short of 50% from the highs of just six weeks ago, when, of course, everything was frothy and light and wonderful, and it looked as if we were in a crypto universe forever. Well, at least if you had your bubble blinkers on. New markets this week. It was also a bumper week there. Lots of new markets being announced in the parish. All the news, as always. It was in, well, where else? Your virtual water cooler for the business of Bourses Exchange Invest daily. Let's just look at a couple of highlights. CERC, they're the power regulator in India. They have approved registration of India's third power exchange. That's going to mean that PSL will have the right to establish and operate a power exchange alongside the IEX and PXIL. Elsewhere, SEBI, they've unveiled a bullion trading roadmap, the way towards a gold exchange in the Gift City Financial Centre, looking like being a joint venture quite feasibly between none other than the National Stock Exchange, the Bombay Stock Exchange, the Multi-Commodity Exchange and the National Commodity and Derivatives Exchanges. Or at least they're certainly going to be looking to trade gold in some way, shape or form, even if they can't get it together for a unified spot gold exchange themselves. Deals? Well, guess what? That was busy too. All the deals were, well, where else? But Exchange Invest Daily, you could find all of the information and analysis. The newsletter, surely nobody can afford to be without in capital markets these days. Intercontinental Exchange, they made a strategic investment in BondLink. That was one of the highlights of the past week. BondLink's online network connects municipal issuers with bond investors, advisors, and other essential market participants. 
Its user platform helps governments engage and attracts investors more efficiently using digital channels to share financial reports, bond financing data and other information in one central location. Bondlink tools also help gauge investor conditions for the market overall and investor demand as municipalities prepare for a bond sale. That, of course, was building on previous cooperation announced last July. ICE have therefore made a Series B investment in Bondlink. It's not material to the balance sheet macro schema of things for the Intercontinental Exchange Group, but this Series B investment will help bolster ICE's infrastructural reach into the $4 trillion municipal bond market. Meanwhile, ICE's data sets will become more easily available to muni participants. Given the, well, Joseph Biden spend like a footballer's wife on acid policy now apparent in the American government, at least until the midterm elections, the turbocharging of the approximately 75% of all US public infrastructure being funded by the circa 60,000 unique issuers making for a fascinating ICE opportunity in the municipal market. Another deal for Lynn Martin, and by day three of his career as CFO, we could chalk up a first deal on Warren Gardner's watch at Intercontinental Exchange. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. With additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young, yes, that's me, Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, patrick at derivativesvision.com. Meanwhile, depending on your holiday plans, maybe they've gone all amber and red. We hope you're going to get away this year. But certainly if you're looking for some reading, perhaps you've even got a commute to go on these days. Don't forget victory or death. Blockchain cryptocurrency and the future of finance because it's a victory or death world of opportunity and risk for your career. We all know COVID-19 has been a short term killer up to now, but it's fintech that ultimately could carry out your CV. Victory or death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. While you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream. Gosh, we're up to episode 33 this week, Tuesday, 6 p.m. London time, 1 p.m. New York time. It's the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes of the IPO vid live stream on LinkedIn, YouTube and via IPO vid on YouTube. Crypto Meltdown Week included a Coinbase outage this week. Not only is the stock going south with alacrity, but May 19th, Coinbase was amongst various exchanges who suffered outages as volume exploded while everybody was heading towards the exit doors across their crypto portfolio. An amusing aside in India, the crypto exchanges there have requested that either SEBI or a new regulatory entity not the central bank, the Reserve Bank of India, should regulate their sector. Good grief, when was the last time we can actually remember anyone choosing SEBI as their regulator? It certainly raises a lot of questions about the alternative. In product news this week, China's been facilitating interbank borrowing in foreign currencies, which is rather intriguing for the future interconnectivity of the yuan. Elsewhere, beyond the Remnimbi, China has become closer yet to kicking off their long-awaited REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust Market. 
China Mobile, meanwhile, it's been eyeing what was, depending on the day of the week, a $5 billion, $6 billion. Who knows, by the time this podcast comes out, it's probably going to be a $7 billion Shanghai listing after flagging their exit from the New York Stock Exchange under duress because of those Trump-era laws, which, of course, like all Trump-era laws, have largely been adopted wholesale by the Biden administration. Speaking of hot air, moving from Washington to London, London enjoyed a mega-carbon Wednesday this week with the launch of the UK emissions trading scheme on ICE. Britain has been without a carbon price since the Brexit deal at the end of 2021, so the auction was interesting. So far, it's not linked to the EU ETS, which is also trading on ICE nowadays, but in Amsterdam. Clearly, given current European Union hostility towards Brexit Britain, it may not be remotely fungible for some time, these particular permits. Then again, perhaps bonhomie will emerge when everyone flies into Glasgow on their private jets for COP26 in November to virtue signal to the great unwashed about our, well, we, the great unwashed, daring to have domestic mod cons. The new UK Alliances auction got off to a successful start with the sale of some 6 million alliances, with another 76 million to come under the hammer this year, while futures on the UK emissions were alive and kicking even before the midday auction got underway. Elsewhere, we were looking this week at the idea that perhaps soon in your service station you'll be able to get one micro-future with every five gallons. That's a micro-future for West Texas Intermediate. They're launching on the 12th of July on the CME. Now, with apologies to those four court bargains of my youth, but presumably this is the direction of travel from the once industrial titan, welcome to CME Group 2021, where it seems to be all about retail these days. While moving beyond the salivations of retail brokers in the CME press release, the other article which struck us of late has been the expensively placed across various publications. WTI extends its reach as US export growth transforms global crude oil markets, which was informing us via a group of researchers paid for by the CME that West Texas Intermediate is pretty much now the dominant oil and everything else is tantamount to being worth keeping underground. That would at least explain why the WTI contract remains Cushing-centric, notwithstanding the issues of storage constraint, which resulted in the negative pricing crisis of last year. And ironically, of course, who was worst affected by that other than our friends at retail? Here's hoping the brokers in the micro-contacts have their negative prices ready for the new micro. The thing is, the last time I looked at the crude oil contract volumes, West Texas Intermediate was down a stunning 52% year-on-year. That was for the April month alone. And moreover, while it was clearly a challenging month by comparing the years, hashtag COVID and all that, the ICE seemed to be doing not remotely so badly. And that's, of course, before we look at the all-new Merban nestling into third benchmark status after barely a month of trading across both Easter and Eid since its launch. Comparing the scores and the doors were as follows in April 2020. The ICE Brent Future traded 25.7 million contracts. CME West Texas traded 39.3 million contracts. By April 2021, however, what we saw was that ICE Brent was trading 18.6 million and CME's West Texas was trading 18.8 million. That's quite a reversal of fortune indeed if we extrapolate further taking the first four months of the year we can see that ICE's Brent trading is down 17.7%, while CME's West Texas Intermediate is down a whopping 36.1%. 
that left an even more intriguing issue. CME's West Texas Intermediate. And remember, the CME's research tells us that West Texas Intermediate is now the dominant oil contract in the world, actually ended up being second, with 85.88 million contracts traded compared to Brent, which from January to April 2021 traded 85.96 million contracts. So here we have a series of conundra. According to the CME's own research paper, West Texas Intermediate is now the biggest thing in Oilsville. Yet on the bold evidence of futures trading, we can see that ICE actually was trading the larger contract. So how do we account for that notion that West Texas Intermediate is now the market for oil, according to the published output of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange's paid researchers, if the biggest rival benchmark has now actually been more actively traded in the January to April period? Of course, it could be we're comparing apples to oranges. Actually, the market has abandoned that Dallas-era Cushing settled contract, which CME itself has not updated since the heyday of the shoulder pad on primetime TV. Indeed, at a point in time when television truly had a primetime all those decades ago. However, that would suggest that, say, a Houston-West Texas intermediate contract might be the thing. Some might argue it's long overdue to be the thing on the CME. Albeit if it were, surely CME would have changed by now to push the settlement process many in the cash market appear to like over and above the Cushing option which they get in their exchange-traded futures on CME these days. Alternatively, we're left with the notion that for all its claim to be holding the winning lottery ticket of West Texas International, as it were, actually Team Duffy, CME, has not, for whatever reason, been able to capitalise on their self-perceived West Texas Intermediate advantage. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or, if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. Technology news this week. Quite a splurge of announcements. One very interesting thing, you can speculate around the water cooler over the course of the next few days on who is the client, but Vermiculus, that's the, well, breakaway from the former staff of Sinober, many of whom were then, of course, taken over by Nasdaq and have subsequently left. Vermiculus have signed a new agreement providing their microservices-based clearing solution to a large US clearing entity. In regulation, a Bank of England policymaker has been questioning market maker get-out clauses. Certainly scrapping get-out clauses for market makers when trading turns rocky could avoid a repeat of the volatile dash for cash seen at the start of pandemic lockdowns last year. Market makers must either stick to their pitch and make markets or lose all their perks and become traders. No further debate is required, albeit regulators will need to mandate that as the exchanges are essentially a little bit too spineless to impose those criteria themselves. At the same time, let's rid markets of the last look madness in Forex too. And thus, ladies and gentlemen, in a week where, my goodness, we had several very exciting pieces of news. Alibaba managed to post a fourth quarter loss after paying their record antitrust fine, which is probably not altogether surprising given the clampdown from the Chinese over Ant Financial et al., In the City of London, or at least aimed at the City of London, Lord Frost, the Brexit negotiator and now leading Brexit minister of the Conservative government, noted that the City of London needs to get on and do its own thing post-Brexit. Encouragement there to London's linear financial bosses. The box opens. There's a world outside, could be the message. Meanwhile, alas, we had 
a bit of an apology from Iberdrola, the Spanish utility group. They had to, well, grovel in an apology with news that their interest rate margin is Euribor plus 0.65%, not Euribor plus 65%, which would have actually meant for at least one bond in Europe in these quantitatively eased times, having a very, very healthy coupon indeed. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young. Join me Monday through Saturday for the Exchange Invest daily newsletter. And I look forward to joining you once again for podcast number 96 on Tuesday night. Don't forget the live stream. We're coming up with episode 33. My name is Patrick L. Young. Have a great week in life and markets. Thanks for listening. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.